1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Cabro Linen Systems Incorporated second quarter 2021 earnings call conference call. At this time, all lines are in listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on Friday, August 6, 2021. I would like to turn the conference over to Christy Placken. Please go ahead.
2: Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today, and welcome to our second quarter 2021 Earnings Results Conference Call. On the line with me today is Linda McCurdy, President and Chief Executive Officer. Following our remarks today, we will open it up for questions. I would like to remind everyone that statements made during our prepared remarks or in the Q&A portion of the conference call with reference to management's expectations or our predictions of the future are forward-looking statements. All statements made today, which are not statements of historical fact, are considered to be forward-looking statements. Certain material factors or assumptions were applied in drawing a conclusion or making a forecast or projection as reflected in the forward-looking information. Investors are also cautioned not to place undue reliance on these statements actual results could differ materially from those anticipated. Risk factors that could affect the results are detailed in the corporation's public filings. I'll now turn the call over to our CEO, Linda McCurdy, who will provide her insights and remarks on the
0: quarter. Linda? Thank you, Christy, uh, and good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today to review our second quarter results of 2021. I'll focus on the second quarter highlights and our outlook for the year. I'll then pass it over to Christy, who will provide uh, more detail on our financial performance and our balance sheet. So in terms of the highlights, I'm uh, very pleased with our second quarter results with adjusted EBITDA of $10 million. Uh, Our healthcare revenues continue to be strong. For Q2 2021, we saw an increase of 22% over Q2 2020 and 23% over Q2 2019. Uh, The increases are coming uh, from price increases, temporary services provided in certain markets, product conversion, usage change practices, and increased demand for certain items because of COVID. Uh, As anticipated with the reduction in COVID cases and hospitalizations, in July we have seen a reduction in the quarter over quarter increases in healthcare revenue that we expected over the last three, experienced over the last three quarters. In terms of hospitality, uh, it does remain subdued compared to previous quarters, but we are optimistic as we're experiencing continuing improvements in customer activity and expect this trend to follow throughout 2021 as restrictions continue to be eased with vaccine rollouts. So since mid-March of 2020, we've seen significantly reduced hotel occupancy rates compared to historical levels. Demand from both business and leisure airline travel has declined significantly on a global basis and airlines have responded with significantly reduced international and domestic flights. Accordingly, hospitality volumes in all of our Canadian and UK markets are well below historic levels. However, as a result, of the COVID-19 pandemic restrictions gradually being eased during Q2 of 2021, we have seen consolidated hospitality revenue increase gradually on a month over month basis. And as a result, we experienced a 312% increase compared to Q2 2020. So when comparing to 2019, we saw a shortfall in April Uh, 2021 hospitality revenue compared to April 2019 hospitality revenue of 81%. In May, this reduced to 69%, and in June, 49%. During July, we've continued to see improvements in client activity on a year-over-year basis. We remain uh, well positioned from a balance sheet and liquidity perspective with $57.5 million of additional borrowing capacity on a revolving line of credit and with an additional $25 million accordion for growth purposes. Total debt increased in the quarter from $36.8 million to $40.7 million and our funded debt to EBITDA at the end of Q2 remained conservative at just over one time. In addition, during the second quarter, we successfully com- completed amendments to our existing revolving credit facility, which extended the agreement to July 31st, 2024, from July 31st, 2022. I'll now take a moment to update everyone on the situation with Alberta, Alberta Health Services. In uh, October of 2020, AHS issued a request for a proposal for linen services which encompassed the linen services we currently provide to AHS under the AHS Calgary contract, as well as the linen services we currently provide to AHS in Edmonton, as well as volumes throughout the remainder of the province in rural and urban centres. The Calgary and Edmonton volumes are under contract as part of two existing agreements until 2022 and 20. 20- respectively. On April 27, 2021, Cabro was awarded all of the volumes in the RFP. For greater clarity, this award renews all of the corporation's existing business in Calgary and Edmonton and adds incremental volume for other rural and urban locations in Alberta. We currently process approximately 70% of AHS volume. As part of the award, we anticipate that volumes will increase through the addition of new sites to approximately 95% of AHS's volume by the start of Q2 2022. In July uh, of 2021, the Corporation announced the signing of a new 11-year contract with renewal options for up to an additional nine years to provide laundry services for AHS province-wide. The contract is anticipated to add approximately ten million dollars in incremental annual revenue with margins consistent with Cavro's historical margins associated with the existing and new volumes. New pricing for EHF, which is reflective of meaningful higher volumes, will take effect on existing EHF volumes in August twenty twenty one. We expect to experience a modest reduction in revenue during the transition, which will be offset by incremental volumes that will be transitioned to cable. The corporation also expects to incur some one-time transition costs and have temporary margin impact as all of the new volume is transitioned into the corporation's two facilities in Edmonton and Calgary. It is anticipated that the corporation will achieve its new run rate revenue, inclusive of the $10 million Uh, dollars of incremental annual revenue and normalized margins once the transition is complete in mid-2022. From a CapEx perspective, uh, it's projected to be in the range of $10 million for new carts, linen carts, and additional equipment to support the new business, and uh, we expect the majority of these expenditures to be made in 2021. So we'll now turn the call over to Christy to discuss our detailed financial results for the quarter, uh, after which time I'll return to talk about our outlook for 2021, uh, and then we'll answer any questions. Christy, uh, over to you.
2: Thank you, Linda. The information we are discussing today is also highlighted in our second quarter and 2021 earnings press release issued yesterday, and detailed supplemental financial information can be found on our Investors Relation website under the heading Financial Documents. As a result of the COVID-19 pandemic restrictions being eased, Consolidated hospitality revenue for the three months ended June 30, 2021, increased by 312% over the comparable 2020 period. And the corporation saw a 21.7% increase in consolidated health care revenue for the overall increase in consolidated revenue of 40.4%. On a year-to-date basis, Consolidated revenue increased by 5.8% to $100.3 million compared to $94.8 million in the comparative period of 2020. In 2021, approximately 85.5% of CABRO's consolidated revenue was generated from healthcare institutions, which is higher compared to 74% in 2020. This was primarily related to the COVID-19 pandemic's effect on the hospitality segment during the first quarter of 2021 compared to 2020, as well as the impact on the corporation's healthcare revenue in Q2 2020. Consolidated EBITDA in the second quarter of 2021 increased by 2.1 million to 12.2 million compared to 10.1 million in the comparative period of 2020 and margin decreased by 3.6% to 23.2%. On a year-to-date basis, consolidated EBITDA increased by 8.5 million to 23.3 million compared to 13.8 million in the comparative period of 2020, and margin increased by 7.6% to 22.2%. The year-to-date increase is primarily related to higher revenues, impairment of assets of 5.5 million in the first quarter of 2020, restructuring costs and bad debts expense in 2020 of 1.6 million and 0.5 million respectively, and is offset by lower government assistance received in the Canadian division from 5.6 million received in 2020 to 0.9 million received in 2021. Consolidated adjusted EBITDA increased in the year to 17.8 million from 14.7 million in 2020, which is an increase of 21.2%. The consolidated adjusted EBITDA margin increased to 17.7% in 2021 compared to 15.5% in 2020. The UK division also received government assistance during 2021 in the amount of 2.1 million pounds or 3.7 million dollars which has been netted against the respective source of the expense. Beginning in the third quarter of 2020 onwards, government assistance received by the UK Division through the Coronavirus Job Retention Scheme required that companies share in the cost of the program, and as a result, the impact to EBITDA during 2021 was a cost of £114,000, or $197,000, which represents the UK... Division's contribution for hours and certain benefits. Net earnings increased by 6.8 million, or 381%, from a loss of 1.8 million in 2020 to 5 million in 2021. And, and net earnings as a percentage of revenue increased by 6.9% to 5% in 2021 from a, a loss of 1.9% in 2020. The change in net earnings is primarily related to the flow-through items in EBITDA discussed earlier, lower finance costs related to the revolving credit facility, and higher income tax expense. Wages and benefits in the second quarter of 2021 increased by $7.7 million to $18.8 million, compared to $11.1 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue increased by 6.2% to 35.7%. On a year-to-date basis, wages and benefits increased by $2.5 million to $36.3 million compared to $33.8 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue, increased by 0.6% to 36.2%. The increase as a percentage of revenue is primarily related to significantly lower amounts of government assistance received in the Canadian division by $4 million to $0.8 million in 2021 escalating minimum wage rates and is offset by improvements in labor efficiencies and restructuring costs of 1.1 million incurred in the prior year related to covid-19 volumes. Linen in the second quarter of 2021 increased by 1.5 million to 6.7 million compared to 5.2 million in the comparative period of 2020 and as a percentage of revenue decreased by 1.2% to 12.7%. On a year-to-date basis Linen increased by 0.9 million to 12.8 million compared to 11.9 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue remained relatively constant at 12.7%. The increase in spending is primarily related to the additional health care and hospitality volumes processed compared to the prior year. Utilities in the second quarter of 2021 increased by 0.8 million to 2.9 million compared to 2.1 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as the percentage of revenue remained constant at 5.6%. On a year to date basis, utilities increased by 0.1 million to 5.8 million compared to 5.7 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as the percentage of revenue decreased by 0.3% to 5.7%. The decrease as a percentage of revenue is primarily related to scale of efficiencies, lower commodity costs, and operational improvements that have been implemented. Delivery in the second quarter of 2021 increased by 1.8 million to 5.3 million compared to 3.5 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue increased by 0.6% to 10%. On a year-to-date basis, delivery decreased by 0.6 million to 9.9 million compared to 10.5 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue decreased by 1.2% to 9.9%. The decrease as a percentage of revenue is primarily related to management's efforts to offset the impact of COVID-19 in the delivery operations of each plant through temporary reductions in the delivery labor force, logistics, and delivery route optimizations offset by fixed costs, which remain constant regardless of the increase or decreases in volumes, and price increases from renewals of outsourced freight contracts. The increase as a percentage of revenue for Q2 2021 is primarily related to increased levels of government assistance received in Q2 2020. Occupancy costs in the second quarter of 2021 increased by half a million dollars to one million compared to half a million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue increased by 0.6% to 1.9%. On a year-to-date basis, occupancy costs increased by 0.2 million to 1.9 million compared to 1.7 million in the comparative period of 2020 as the percentage of revenue remained relatively constant at 1.9%. This includes fixed costs that remain constant regardless of the reduction in volume resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic, offset by rent concessions received in certain plants in the UK in the amount of half a million dollars, which were recorded in the second quarter of 2020. Materials and supplies in the second quarter of 2021 increased by 0.7 million to 1.9 million compared to 1.2 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue increased by 0.3% to 3.6%. On a year to date basis, materials and supplies increased by 0.3 million to 3.7 million compared to 3.4 million in the comparative period of 2020. And as a percentage of revenue remained relatively constant at 3.7%. Repairs and maintenance in the second quarter of 2021 increased by 0.3 million to 1.7 million compared to 1.4 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue decreased by 0.6% to 3.2%. On a year to date basis, repairs and maintenance decreased by 0.2 million to 3.4 million compared to 3.6 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue decreased by 0.4% to 3.4%. The decrease of the percentage of revenue is primarily related to the timing of maintenance activities and fixed costs that remain constant regardless of the reduction in volumes and timing of maintenance activities. Corporate costs, In the second quarter of 2021, decreased by 0.3 million to 2.1 million compared to 2.4 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue decreased by 2.2% to 4.1%. On a year to date basis, corporate costs decreased by 0.7 million to 4.3 million compared to 5 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue decreased by 1% to 4.3%. The decrease as the percentage of revenue is primarily related to a 2020 provision for bad debt expense of half a million, 2020 restructuring costs of half a million, the timing of initiatives to support the corporation's growth and business strategies across the plant, plants, and is offset by lower government assistance received in 2021. Now, looking at our capital resources. Distributable cash flow for the quarter, first, second quarter of 2021 was $7.6 million, and our payout ratio was 42.2%. In addition, the company paid out 0.3 per share in dividends during the quarter for total consideration of $3.2 million. The corporation had net working capital of $31.7 million at June 30, 2021, compared to its working capital position of $27.9 million at December 31, 2020.
3: The increase
2: in working capital is driven mainly from the impact of the pandemic and timing of payments, as well as the timing of income tax payable. At June 30, 2021, total assets increased to $326.2 million compared to $323.8 million at December 31, 2020, and total liabilities increased to $137.9 million from $134.3 million. Shareholders' equity decreased at June 30, 2021, from December 31, 2020, to $188.3 million from $189.5 million. As far as our debt is concerned, we have sufficient room on our credit facility with an operating line of $100 million, with a further $25 million accordion for growth purposes. As of the end of Q2, we have an undrawn balance of close to $57.5 million, which reinforces our strong liquidity. Debt to total capitalization for the period ended June 30, 2021, was 17.8%. Total debt increased in the quarter from $36.8 million to $40.7 million and was primarily due to the change in working capital items we discussed earlier. As Linda said earlier, our debt to EBITDA ratio was just over one time. I'll now turn things back over to Linda for additional, additional commentary.
0: Linda? Thank you, Christy. Um, as we continue to navigate through the pandemic-related challenges, we're pleased with how rapidly we're able to adapt to this unprecedented crisis. In order to address the adverse effects of COVID, we had to react very quickly to implement plans to mitigate the effects, including consolidating operations, reducing headcount, and accessing available government assistance programs. Now, as restrictions have list- listed and businesses have reopened, again, we've had to move quickly to adjust to significantly increasing volumes by changing operating hours, recalling and recruiting additional staff and ensuring all aspects of our supply chain can support the increases. Our highly experienced team has been crucial in managing the situation, and in combination with our proven operating model, we continue to leverage our experience for the challenges ahead. These actions have resulted in performance that we're quite pleased with given the circumstances. In terms of our 2021 outlook, we continue to see strong results in our healthcare segment and expect that to continue as hospitals deal with the impact of the pandemic and continue to catch up with the backlog of procedures that have been delayed during the pandemic. As I mentioned earlier, to date in 2021, healthcare revenue for the first half of the year is trending upward from 2019 historical rates by approximately 25%. We do anticipate as the year progresses that healthcare revenue will trend down as cases drop and testing diminishes, and we've experienced that in July. From a hospitality perspective, As we continue to move into 2021, we believe it is reasonable to expect a modest improvement in client activity for our hospitality segment when compared to 2020 activity levels due to a gradual return to business and international travel as COVID restrictions implemented in both Canada and the UK begin to ease with the continued rollout of the vaccine, and we have also experienced these increases in July. While client activity on the hospitality front is still well below historical norms, the increases we've experienced since Q2 2020 have resulted in the reopening of all of our operations, with the exception of our first plant in Scotland, as well as increasing the days and hours of operations in all plants. We've successfully recalled employees to meet these increased demands and will continue to adjust production schedules as demand warrants. We remain well-positioned from a balance sheet and liquidity perspective, as Christy discussed. In addition, a strong concentration of our Canadian revenue is from the healthcare sector at approximately 82% of consolidated Mm -hmm. revenue. We continue to evaluate other acquisitions in both the UK and Canada as we execute on our strategy to grow our market share, and this will continue as we move forward in 2021, when current market conditions may lead to opportunistic situations for us. So, I'd say the main highlights of the quarter would be solid financial performance in an unprecedented adverse environment, improvements in EBITDA, strong cash flow generation, and a demonstrated resilience of our business model. We're very pleased with our strong healthcare revenues in Q2 EBITDA. On the Alberta front, I can't express just how pleased we are to have the opportunity to expand our long-term relationship with Alberta Health Services. We began processing healthcare volume in Alberta in the 1980s, and we've worked collaboratively and closely with AHS over the past 30 years to earn more confidence and trust. We're happy we'll continue to provide service for all of our existing customers in, in Alberta, while also being awarded the rest of the province. And finally, I'm very proud of our employees who have demonstrated continued flexibility and an unwavering commitment to providing essential services to our customers. Now, I'll turn it over uh, to answer any questions you have with regards to the second quarter results uh, of 2021.
1: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press the star followed by the one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be polled in the order that they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press the star, followed by the two. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys Your first question comes from Michael Glenn from Raymond James. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning, um,
3: Linda. Maybe morning, just to
1: start. Good morning. So maybe just to start. So over the past two quarters, uh, healthcare Canada healthcare revenue has been pretty stable. It was forty-one point four million in Q1. It was forty-one point one million in Q2. So if I'm looking, if I'm looking at the absolute figure. And I'm thinking about the back half of the year, like how much of that forty one million type number would you say is is at risk as these uh, as as covid uh, cases stay uh, come lower?
0: Yeah, I think what we've said is about uh just slightly over ten percent we think are of a ten percent of our increase is sustainable to to maintain going forward. Um, As I mentioned in our prepared remarks, we have seen it come off in July. Um, I I would expect that to continue going forward uh, as cases go down, as testing centers uh, are reduced and closed. Um, So that's the guidance that I can provide on that, Mike.
1: Okay. And then I guess the the second part of that question is, when you look at the margin profile For that Canadian, um, the Canadian business or the Canadian healthcare business, is as the revenues come down, is there is there a deleverage to the margin that we should we should think about too?
0: Um, What I would say from a margin perspective is, uh, as we look into Q3 and Q4, um, there's a number of things going on. Right, we've got uh, a bit of deleveraging, as you said, on volumes from COVID volumes going down. We have new volume coming in from our new contract with AHS, which will start in September of this year. Uh, we have uh, new pricing on our new contract. We have <laughs> increased hospitality volumes that we're seeing. So there's a lot of moving parts, but from an overall you know margin perspective for q3 and q4 oh and on top of that we have transition costs you know the best guidance we can provide here is that we would expect margins for q3 and q4 to be in the range of uh 2019 margins for those quarters
1: okay uh thanks for taking the questions you your next question comes from Andrew leno Hey, uh, good morning. Thanks for taking
4: my questions. Uh, I just wanted to continue a little bit, uh, Linda, if I may, on the healthcare volumes, especially in the second half. I mean, yes, we expect them to moderate a bit, but are you able to provide sort of a, what is your view on the net? Uh, if you, for example, consider uh, addition of the surgical backlog in Ontario, right? I think they, they want to ramp up to 115% of their normal
1: volumes. Like what could be the net? You know what, Andrew,
0: uh, okay, so you were kind of cutting out. Uh, if, is your question, what is our expectation for healthcare revenues for Q3 and Q4, um, you know, based on increased catch-up of surgeries offset by COVID? Is, you were kind of cutting out. Uh,
4: yes, that's what it is. I mean, more, more volumes rather than uh, the, the revenues, but yes, that it, that's what it is.
0: Um, we don't generally comment on volumes. What I can say is that, you know, given the various, uh, factors that I talked about for um, the back half of 2021, only on healthcare revenues, we expect to see a modest decrease in the mid-single digit range range for Q3 and Q4. Great, thank you.
4: Uh, and uh, the other uh, question on the healthcare specialty uh, side, you mentioned price increases. I was wondering if you can quantify. Uh, what they are and
5: whether there is any room for further increases uh, in the second half of the year.
0: Um, price increases on the healthcare front is that is that the question? Yes. Uh What our ability to increase? Okay, so mo- most of our contracts uh, have price escalators in them. All of our, our all of our contracts do. It's just a question of what is the mechanism. Um, I'd say about half of them have a minimum wage. Uh, factor into it but all of them have price increase mechanisms uh, that are either tied to specific indices or i.e. Uh, CPI or have a you know fixed percent increase but there, there is uh, annual increases in all of them
4: okay Okay great, thank you. Uh, on the hospitality, uh, the improvement that you saw in Q2 uh, between July and April, uh, can you talk a little bit about how is the split between Canada and the UK uh, there?
0: Sure. Definitely, uh, the increases that we are seeing in the UK are much more dramatic than we have seen and, and happened earlier than we are seeing in, than we have seen in Canada. Canada is catching up. Um, but I would say that, you know, we are seeing a resurgence of um, up to 70% of historical norms in, uh, in the UK. In Canada, uh, it's not quite as strong, largely because of, we view it as, are the cities in which we're in service more business-oriented uh, travel and occupancies than in the UK. So, you know, our expectation over the next quarter is, you know, to hit somewhere in the range of uh, 60% of historical norms. Okay, no, and that's, that's great. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of hard to know what Q4 is going to look like. I mean, th- that, that's the guidance we're saying for Q3. We'll give for Q3, but it's it's really hard to know what Q4 is going to look like based on, you know. the the variant, international travel, uh, and other factors.
4: Uh, Great. Thank you. That's good color. And one more for me, and I'll jump in the queue. Uh, But there's been some industry reports that hotels are doing less housekeeping and using fewer linen. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that. What are you seeing there? Any discussions that you might have had with your hospitality clients on that front?
0: Um, We haven't really seen that uh, as of yet. It may be too early to comment on that, but that hasn't been our experience in terms of them using uh, pure linens. I mean, I I would say that there is definitely a focus on cleanliness and hygiene in all of our hotels. Um, I'm not sure what the reduced usage would be the result of, um, but we, we haven't experienced that as of yet.
5: Okay, great. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Your next question comes from Justin Keywood from Stifle. Please go ahead.
5: Good morning. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Morning, Justin.
5: Thanks. Just uh, to follow up on the uh, hotel occupancy rates and obviously the pandemic's dynamic here with the potential fourth wave and and the Delta variant, Um, and this may be a bit of a hard question to answer but I'm wondering if the variants do emerge again and we see increased cases do you have any insight on what will happen to the hotel occupancy rates like do you anticipate that they might decline to kind of the bottom levels that we saw in q2 or you or maybe they, they still remain at, at depressed but you know still reasonable rates
0: you know I that's a very tough question. Um, I would say it would be shocking to me if we went back to Q2 of 2020 levels. That would basically shut down. And, you know, even now with the Delta variant, and as we speak to some of our colleagues in the U.S., um, business is coming back. And I suspect that's largely because as much as cases are going up, hospitalizations and deaths are, are still at at relatively lower levels, with the exception of geographies that don't have high vaccination rates. Um, even in the UK, as cases have gone up, it is very active in the UK. We are, again, for July and our, our projection for August, we're at 70% of historical norms. So, just I guess that's really the only color I can give. Um, you know, if we're seeing hospitals overflowing again and deaths going up, I think that definitely has a an impact on hospitality. But that's certainly not what we're experiencing with Delta.
5: Mm-hmm. And just on the occupancy rates you're seeing now, uh, the UK at 70%, and it sounds like Canada is kind of in the 50 to 60% range. Is that primarily from domestic tourism? Or is that from, uh, you know, opening up borders and and having some international uh, travelers just to get a sense of if the borders close down, can the occupancy rate still remain at a reasonable level just on a domestic basis?
0: Yeah, in the UK, uh, a a large percentage of that is domestic travel, very much so, Uh, UK travel.
5: Okay, and I assume the same in Canada?
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely.
5: Okay, that's helpful. And then uh, just one more question on uh, potential uh, acquisitions. Uh, You know, given that the Alberta uh, healthcare contract was awarded and and perhaps provides some stability in the outlook of the business, are you resuming M&A plans? And if so, if you can provide any parameters of the number of potential assets that you're looking at and where you could potentially acquire.
0: Um, yes. So, you know, the, the number one priority that uh, was that, that we faced was renewing renewing uh, our business with AHS and securing new business. That was a very huge priority for us. Um, very happy with the outcome of that. I would say that that was all-consuming. And um, now with that behind us, we are. Very much focused on our growth prospects in terms of uh, growth through acquisition. We have a robust and strong pipeline of potential acquisitions. With key focus, with our key focus being in Canada and the UK. Um, I'd say there's, you know, a handful of acquisitions that uh, that we are very focused on. You know, the timing. You know, I'm not going to comment on timing, but it certainly is. Uh, a focus for us with EHS behind us
5: and would these be uh like tuck in acquisitions or uh, of more material size
0: combination of both um you know some some tuck in some uh expanding our geography in areas that we don't service so uh and and some are smaller and some are larger it it's really a a mix of all of the above.
5: Okay, great. Thank you for taking my questions.
0: Thank you, Justin.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have a question, please press star followed by one. There are no further questions at this time. Please proceed.
3: Great. Well,
0: just want to thank everyone for their uh, for joining this morning. Um, again, we're very proud of our performance and very optimistic um, about our, our future in terms of our growth prospects. Um, if anyone has any follow-up questions, Christy and I are always around. Um, but thank you again for your participation and uh, have a good rest of the summer to everyone.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines.
3: At Parker.